On the evening of December 9, 1965, residents of the town of Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, witnessed an event that was nothing short of spectacular. An object streaking through the sky at what is now estimated at over 1,000 miles per hour was sighted making its way over the town in a brilliant ball of fire. The witnesses on the ground were astounded that this object did not behave in a manner associated with your average meteor or shooting star. The object, hurtling through the sky, suddenly changed direction not once, not twice, but three times as it made its final crash into a nearby forest. Those witnesses first on the scene reported seeing the tops of trees torn off and a long furrow in the earth where the object had made its landing. Reports by multiple witnesses told of a sulfur-like smell that accompanied the crashed object. Within a relatively short time, those witnesses who were investigating out of sheer curiosity found themselves confronted by arriving personnel who claimed to be with the military and instructed the civilians to leave the area due to concerns of radiation. What seemed to be a quick and efficient military operation was underway that night to retrieve the object in total secrecy. No questions were answered and all information regarding the object was kept under wraps. One reporter who had taken photos and detailed notes about the object were allegedly turned over, but only after the implication that the reporter's family could be in danger if he were to reveal his findings to the public. Sounding like something ripped from a sci-fi movie, these actual events all seem to point to a possibility of a crashed UFO that was recovered that night by the U.S. military and then covered up. This case file, the theorists delve into the mysterious events surrounding the Kecksburg UFO incident. Case file 69 all the time. 69. Uh, I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. Oh my God. Uh, today we're talking about the Kecksburg incident. The flying, flying acorn. It's actually mm-hmm. fucking super, uh, super cool. Got really into it this afternoon. I was reading all about it. It's got um, a lot of un- un- unanswered but- questions. It's cool. Yeah, yep. a, lot of, a lot of connections you can draw to other stuff too, which will be pretty fun. It's pretty neat. Yeah, a lot of oddities, and as we like to always say on that this podcast, hashtag look it up. And as always, keep those eyes on the skies. Thanks, guys. Pod- <laughs> podcast over. Podcast over. ETT <laughs> out. New record, two um, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a quick one for you guys. <laughs> um, no, we're. Uh, I think we're back onto a good recording regime. Um, we got locked I feel down. like we just talked. Did we just do one Thursday? Oh yeah, fuck. What? Yeah, like four, four days ago. No one's gonna know. It's gonna be every no week though. Every week they're coming out. Every week. Now you told them. They can't know our secrets. Now they know. No. Um. Anyways, so no. Uh, we've got something. The random tron's broken. It's down. It's in the dumps. X to B is being built as we speak. Yeah, mm. it's uh. I just looked on our uh, Purilator uh, shipping. Uh, potentially, uh, it crossed the border. We had an order of this one from Tanzania. 
Well, it's, it's coming uh, actually. It's coming in about fifteen pieces. I got. I got have to assemble it here in the studio. So. So it's gonna be good. I'll look for that. Case file seventy. New randomatron. Um, but as always, we got some space news. Yeah. I love that someone on Instagram referred to me. They were like, I'm so glad to get meet that meat draw guy who yells space news. I was like, <laughs> really? Is that meat my is that my only contribution to this is I yell space news and that's Well what they said on Instagram it's true, so it is um, it is <laughs> on Instagram. Um you, anyways, what you uh I don't have a. I don't. It wasn't actually a good, uh, good day uh, for space news for me. I don't know. I don't have that much. Uh, not much going on for space. Um, people are gonna hate this, but um, by the time you listen to this, there's there, some really good chance for auroras. Oh. But you're gonna miss it. <laughs> <laughs> um, they that- also sent up uh, the Lord of the Rings ring, is in the stratosphere right now. Some. Some uh, students from New oh, Zealand. Uh, Lord Z- Lord Sauron will never get it up there. That's yeah. a good idea. One ring to rule the stratosphere. Um, but they're sending them up all the time, and uh, these students are selling these rings uh, to fund, like to uh, to finance their a trip for the school. Um, so if you want, uh, if you want a one ring, uh, the one ring from uh, Lord of the Rings. That's been to the stratosphere. Um, hashtag look it up. Uh, the New Zealand. Um, I'm trying to find the website. I don't know what it is. But anyways, they're 100 bucks. Kind of cool. I was thinking about. Uh, I was kind of thinking about buying one. It's called uh, Earth to Sky dot net, and um, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Fucking uh, little. Uh, Be a nice little thing. conversation starter. Yeah, you'd be like, listen, this ring I'm wearing right now. In the stratosphere, motherfuckers. Where's your ring been? In the blood. Blood diamonds. Um, anyone else got space news? I got a little. Let's hear. SpaceX wins $130 or $130 million $130 military contract. Military $130 million military launch contract for Falcon Heavy. That's to... actually huge because that sounds so cool. Falcon Heavy. That yeah, sounds awesome. Dope. That's cool well, especially with all the issues going on with Tesla and shit right now. To mm. like win a, win that military contract, like that's gonna be a fucking that's huge money there. There. Yeah, money, military, money. Con- military contracts are nice. Money. And it's gonna be it's um, gonna be taking up the AFSPC dash fifty two Air Force Space Command satellite. This is for the Space Force. It's for the space bo- it's, yeah, that's the first uh, first space oh, force satellite. Space force. <laughs> um, I tried to apply, they wouldn't they they wouldn't let me. It's good. It's gonna be part of the. Did you ever guys ever see that cartoon show, The Centurions? <laughs> I imagine that's what the space force is like. I have not. What I don't power know. extreme? No. Oh man, fuck you guys. Sorry, man. Um. <laughs> um, I actually did have some space news. So if you guys remember, I, I don't know if it was a couple months ago, a month ago or something, that Chinese like space station was uh, just wilding out of control. Yeah. Right. And it just crashed and they were like, yeah, yeah, we meant to do that, but they wouldn't tell anyone where it was going to crash. Didn't really, it was all kind of mysterious. Well, I had read earlier today that their second space station, the it's like this, the brother or sister saddle uh, space station to the first one that crashed. 
<laughs> dropped into low orbit, dropped 100 kilometers into a low orbit, and like observers, like NASA observers and stuff were like, oh, I guess they're getting ready for re-entry. And then <laughs> I they, guess someone, they're getting ready. Someone had contacted, well, because they didn't announce, like normally they announce these things when they're bringing them down and stuff. So then they contacted the Chinese like officials and were like, oh, hey, like just checking in. What's going on with your uh, space station number two there? We noticed that it's in a low Earth, low Earth orbit. And they were like, no, it's not. And then, <laughs> what the space and, station. Then, and the space station then accelerated and used its thrusters to go back into a more safer orbit. <laughs> what the fuck is going on over there? It's absolutely crazy. Get your shit Who's together. Who's helming the computers over there in China? No, it's not. It's in a stable orbit. No, tell them to conspire the special thrusters. Don't call them right yeah. now. He's like, who is? Has anyone uh, checked the the space station? He's like, oh shit, <laughs> it's so low. <laughs> Quick before they notice. About to drop like, out. Oh, hey, we just noticed you put it back in a safe orbit. Yes, tests <laughs> complete. Safety <laughs> test. It was always in a safe orbit. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I just had a good laugh about that. I was like, the first one, they were like, oh, it's gonna rain car-sized debris potentially <laughs> over populous areas, and then this one, they're like. Hey, it's sitting a little low, eh? Anyone notice? They're like, oh, no, it's not. It's fine. And then <laughs> obviously caught it afterwards. Shoot it back up. Um, that's all. Now that's all I had for space news. I forgot that's what I had read earlier. That's what I wanted to use. I got one more piece of space news that I'm really interested in, even though it's going to be way too expensive. Blue Origin plans to start selling suborbital space flight tickets next year, 2019. So... If you got money, what? it hasn't said how, how much, much has, doesn't say how, it doesn't say how much it's going to be yet. They're not going to, they haven't disclosed it, but I know it's going to be, it's going to be up What do you there. think? Would it be astronomical? Well, I don't know. Are they going to, are they flying, uh, like, are you just going to go up, fly around the world once and come back? Or are you just flying up and then coming down like different country or what, what, uh, I wonder what they're going to offer. Um, how much do you think? What do you, what do you think? I think there'll be like a uh, silver package and like a gold. Okay, well, how much is a how much is a bronze package to go to space? Okay, so you just you just go up to space for like fifteen minutes, you come back down. Ten grand. Yes. Person. Ten grand. All right. So, so find us on Patreon, Alien Theory. <laughs> uh, One dollars uh, puts to the beer fund. Three gets you early access to show. Five dollars gets you everything. Uh, Fifty, you're a correspondent, and ten thousand dollars pay for us to go to space. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's um, cool though. It's, it's happening. Yeah, that would be sweet. Uh, um, that's all I anyways, got. Anyways, uh, Dan, got. any any space news? Negative. No space news on this front. Oh, I got a, I got a, I got a new, uh, I got a new actually. Um, ah, what? I got a new segment. You do. Next week, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna make theme song for it. But this week, I'm just gonna kind of sing it. Where? In the world is Mr. Conspiracy. Fear <laughs> us around the world. You stole that from that game show. To you, Yugoslavia. Um, so if you're uh, much like the Santa tracker of NASA <laughs> <laughs> in uh, December, uh, we're going to start the, the Mr. Conspiracy tracker. Uh, and currently, Mr. Conspiracy is in... I'm gonna pull it up here. I know he's in Thailand. Uh, those of you asking if he's made it down under yet, he has not. He is um, still in Southeast Asia. Uh, last I checked, he was in southern Thailand. 
So that's our uh, Mr. Conspiracy. Where in the world is he? If you see him. I don't know. What, do you get something if you, if you find him? Is there is there a prize to this game? Um. Well, if you get a picture with Mr. Conspiracy, what, what should we send people? Well, I can't. Um, you, get a, you get a sticker. Yeah, a sticker. We'll send you a sticker if you get a picture with Mr. Conspiracy. But you have to you have to do the work. We can't just tell you exactly where it is. You got if you're in, in southern Thailand, you got to ask, and then uh, we'll we'll give you a, we'll point you in the right direction. He uh, so he his his I'm looking at his most recent post. It looks like he is in. Um, he 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 just says southern Thailand, <laughs> and his tagline on his picture is him petting a kitty, and it says spending fitties, sucking titties, petting kitties. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! So that's uh, our Mr. Conspiracy update. <laughs> oh, he's in Colanta, in Krabby, Thailand. Oh, he's out there on on the water. On the water, smelling fitties, <clears throat> sucking titties, petting kitties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a guy! Uh, anyways, if if you're in the area of those of uh, Mr. Conspiracy, you want to try to meet up with him, message us. We'll try to message him. And he, he may or may not try to meet up with you. It's hard to say Very hard. how he's feeling day to day. Yeah, he's, um, he's, yeah. Cool. Let's get let's get into the right into the Kexberg. Kexberg. Dan. Dan, take it away. December 9th, nineteen sixty five, approximately four five four forty five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, a fire out. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It was a party that Frankie Valley was attending with the other Four Seasons. Yeah. <laughs> a uh, a fiery object uh, took about five to ten minutes to carve a path across three states at an estimated speed of almost 1,000 miles per hour. Now, uh, witnesses said that you could observe this object. Witnesses said that it looked like a giant fireball. But what was strange about this, if it were flying through the sky, you might mistake it for a fireball, except for the the small fact that this fireball seemed to change directions up to almost three to four times. They said it started out going in a pretty much a it shifted from a southeasterly trajectory to an easterly one. Later, it turned southward, and near the end of its flight, it finally turned northeast as it approached its final landing. Um, this case is interesting because there are so many corroborating witnesses. There are so many people across those three states who saw this strange UFO. Yeah, like thousands. Um, yeah. yeah. See this across. And it's not even in this. There's actually, I think there was actually witnesses in Canada as well. Um, from where it came in and so many people saw this not only flying through the sky but we have a couple of other ones that were actually saw it or claimed to see where the object crashed and saw the object itself now you have at least one person uh, who saw it coming down to the sky his name is Randy Overly and he described a large brownish gray object that was on fire and it was traveling overhead about 200 feet in the air um, when people actually got to the site there was more than a few people that actually made it to the site um, John Murphy is the guy um, that will come up later um, but 
he was a news reporter for WHJB at the time. And he was at the scene um, and met up with one person named Carl Metz, who was a member of the Pennsylvania State Police at the time. And this was about 7.20 p.m., uh, where another state police and another investigator entered the woods with flashlights and a Geiger counter and looked for what they expected to be a downed aircraft. Now, they can go ahead and say that they saw, while looking for this thing, they saw something like flashing blue lights coming from the area. Uh, the lights were pulsating, and they said it looked a lot like the arcs coming from a welding torch. Hmm. Now... As soon as this thing crashed, I mean, they were getting tons of phone calls into the local radio station about people talking about when they were seeing a fireball, a meteor, all these different kinds of things, downed aircraft. And at first, uh, a few people just thought it was a prank until they started getting more reliable phone calls. And then soon after, not only after the state police showed up, you had military and even some people reported people from NASA showing up at this place. So you could go ahead and see. Now, uh, James Romansky was an 18-year-old firefighter at the time from nearby Lloydsville. And he they came in. They were brought in to help look for this downed aircraft. Now, upon their arrival, they were shown a map, and they were, it was marked off on a grid, and they are all assigned to teams uh, and told which areas which they should be searching now, when he and members of his teams actually went searching in the woods, uh, they received a walkie-talkie call that something had been found. And when they got to the area where the thing had been found, he reported to have seen a large acorn-shaped metallic object about 10 to 15 feet long, 8 to 12 feet in diameter, partially buried in the ground. And it was at the end of a long trench where it had plowed in the ground where it just hit real hard through the trees. Now, he said the object had a dark gold or bronze coloring, had no wings or windows. There appeared to be no way in or out of the object. There were no doors, no identifiable hatches or anything or windows. The object seemed to be completely smooth with no seams or rivets. Now, another strange thing that he observed is he said that encircling the base of the object was a ring and this ring seemed to be covered with what he said were symbols that reminded him of ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. Hmm. But I, I, I get that, but I want to point out something. He, they just looked alien to him. It doesn't mean that they look like hieroglyphs. He just was saying that like that's the closest thing that he's seen that he could attribute these to. Because so much I read, people were like, oh, they had hieroglyphs. I was like, well, no, you don't really know what they had. But the closest thing that this guy who said he saw them was he's seen hieroglyphs and he was like, he's kind of resembled them. Wait a minute. Aliens built Egypt, so they used hieroglyphs. And this is a, obviously an alien spacecraft, so it makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> Easy to draw a connection. Of quick, course. Quick connection. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm with Brayden on this one. Like to an average American, any language could look like Egyptian hieroglyphics if it weren't, uh, you know, if you don't use the traditional you know, Greek, Greekish symbols that we do, A, B, C, D. And it could be something. So, I mean, he might have not known what the language is. It could have just been some different language. Uh, it could have been Russian. It could have been Russian for all okay. I know. Oh, mm-hmm. Interesting. Bring that back. Come back to that, Come back yeah, to we'll that. later. 
Um, moments later, after Romanski and his friends uh, or his fellow rescuers showed up on the on the site, uh, what it looked like to be a group of military personnel carrying what looked to be Geiger counters showed up. And these guys told them that the area is going to be sealed off and that no one was going to be allowed in the to it except for authorized personnel. And they were told to leave. So now you have the military showing up. And this is where things get kind of kind of crazy after that, after you had the military show up. So, I mean, the military showed up and shut the whole place down, um, telling everybody to leave. And, I mean, a lot of people said that they saw people in – well, some people said they saw people in what looked to be probably radiation suits. A lot of people walking around with Geiger counters or what looked like to be Geiger counters. And there were a lot of warnings of radiation in the area. So like this, this place went from fucking zero to a hundred. Yeah, it went real fast. Right, so like within right like quick. like about four forty five p.m. to like seven twenty, maybe like eight p.m. So about four hours, and then you've got you've already got military personnel on the area, like combing the area, telling people like you yeah. need to stay out, do not go inside here, telling everybody to leave, and that the the area is restricted. So in this thing, whatever flew over, it like it started fires, caused saw. Sonic booms in the Pittsburgh and uh, the Pittsburgh metropolitan area uh, was seen over Detroit, Michigan, Windsor, Canada area, uh, and northern Idaho and Michigan were dripped with hot metal debris that yeah started a bunch of fires and shit. Yeah, and not not only did the army show up, like obviously they're probably, any type of crashing anything they're probably going to show up, especially in the states. But they they showed up with, like pretty much within an hour. They were almost, they were pretty much there, at least some of them. And by 8 p.m. that it, night, whatever was there, it. it was gone. Yeah. So in order so, in order to do that, you gotta be, they'd have to be tracking it. But in all the accounts, like all the debunking says, everyone says it's a meteor, right? That was the initial claim. And right. yeah. so if the, if the military was tracking just the meteor, it doesn't make sense. They were obviously tracking this object and they knew pretty much where it was going to land. And they were there before anyone could really do anything about it. Yeah, and then they so then they they secure the area. They order out all the civilians, and then they're seen. A flatbed truck is seen loading something out of the area, taking off with a military escort, and then the military say, "Hey, we searched. We didn't find shit. There's nothing here. This is crazy. Whoa! Why do you why do you have to rope off everything? Why does everything need to be roped off? You need to tell the civilians to leave, and then." To search an area for a, what's going to be a meteor or a downed plane. Well, just it makes it easier for them to dictate the like the the, uh, the uh, what do you call it the story, right? If they if they can no matter what it is if they control and keep people out and limit the people's eyes they can pretty much say whatever they want and then it's like now it's just like a, now it's a debate almost there's no it's hard to find the real truth right and there was a lot of disagreement on what the story was like the complete story of what it is because the military people were i mean at first they were kind of saying it was a meteor but also there are also some people that the uh were getting reports of, like they were just trying to say that nothing happened you know at least one of the i think one of the fire chiefs was trying to tell his firemen that you didn't see anything don't don't say anything you didn't see anything nothing happened and that was a point of contention between a couple of the, the firefighters, uh, between their boss and them, was the boss was trying to tell them that, that there there was nothing. You didn't see anything? Nothing happened tonight. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Um, 
so let's get in. What, what should we get into? What, what the various things that they think it is? Sure. Okay. So the official explanation, uh, it was that it was a mid-sized meteor. Um, but right away, like with the amount of people that said it slowed, changed directions, um, you know, dripping metal, like you would, I would instantly count like that doesn't make sense to me that all that for a meteor, like why, why couldn't you just be like, Oh, Hey, it was a meteor, like a meteor hit. Like why the secrecy that's, I don't understand all that. The big, uh, hoorah for a meteor. You well, know what I mean? That also like to me, when all the witnesses said they've seen it and they could see it moving across the sky, like relatively slowly. Yeah. Meteors are like, honestly, like 30,000 kilometers an hour to like 200,000 kilometers an hour. They fly. So then usually when you see them, it's just like a, a like a flash oh. for like two or three seconds, like, whoa, and then yeah. it blows up. It's gone. We have, Zoom we have literally firsthand account on this podcast of what happens when a meteor strikes. Ryan was one of the first people at a scene of a meteor that pounded through the roof of a house. It did. Broke through a house. Did cr- the military cr- come and uh, rope everything off and say nothing happened? Well, this is in Canada, so no, they did not. But yes, I mean, it was going, meteors go fucking fast. They're not like, you're not going to like watch them fly slowly and change direction. Really? Like you just, it just doesn't happen. So I don't know. It's weird. I mean, they're definitely not going to change direction like this, like this one did. Even if like they broke apart, you know, you would still see pieces like going in the same direction, maybe some falling off, but you would see something change I think we'd be pretty obvious. Whole, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be pretty obvious if you saw stuff broken up. You're like, oh, that must be a meteor or something's losing pieces. Yeah. And all that and that was like and like all like all the astronomers, they never really took into account any eyewitness. They just like they thought that's what it could be, so that's what they went with. And that they didn't really like try and investigate anything else. It was just like All right, what what else do what else do we got here? Well, that was the, the longest running theory. Yeah. It then goes, obviously, just like Roswell, then starts, there's secret military operations it could be. Well, another another thing before we get into secretary, secret military and shit, um, uh, another official report was that it was uh, Cosmos 96, mm-hmm. a Soviet space probe intended for Venus, right. but failed and never left Earth's atmosphere. Right. Um. Now, this one, if you if you, you can look at pictures of the cosmos, uh, you know, it, it's kind of got the shape, right? If it had some Russian writing on there and you had someone that went and looked and they're like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? They account for the hieroglyphs. Um, the two, um, it can account for when uh, Romansky, is that his name? Yeah. When he said it was smooth metal, I read something where it was like, well, if you think of, if this thing was having a hard time leaving the atmosphere and it was just like stuck in the atmosphere, like just burning up. Maybe it got so hot that it, it like all the friction and stuff like melted it smooth. Right. Fused all the, the rivets fused, and stuff. Fused all it. the yeah. rivets and everything. So it was just a gleaming, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of checks that box. But two huge glaring issues for me is that one, that if it got so hot that it sheared every, all the metal, I doubt any kind of Russian language would be, you know what I mean? Be would left. be visible. Yeah, would have survived the, the would have survived yeah, that. Yeah. And then secondly, 
Um, this Romansky guy, he later went and visited uh, the uh, Cosmos 96, and he was like, absolutely not. He goes, you couldn't, he's like, this thing you couldn't stand up in. The thing I saw, you could you could literally walk in and stand up in. It was huge. It This was not it at all. Doesn't look anything like it. But the crash object was claimed to have no visible like door or anything, right? No, but he's saying he's saying that just its sheer size it could be in there. You could yeah. have stood up in it. And in this cosmos, he goes, No, this is too small. This wasn't it. This isn't what I saw. And yeah, that doesn't make sense either, like the change of direction. Like if it's a satellite out of commission and it's been burnt up well, on the re entry. They were saying that it was a it's not a satellite, it was like an actual probe. It was like a Venus it was a probe that was supposed to land on Venus and oh, like right. take readings and stuff. So if it if its computers like thought it may have gotten confused and thought that Earth like it was doing its re-entry procedure. It's like it was doing its re-entry maneuvers. And so that's why it on did Earth, the change rather direction. Than Venus. Yeah, rather than Earth there rather than Venus. Uh, it's a possible it's a possibility if it were that space probe. And if you're wondering why they the US military wouldn't have just said that it was a a space probe, like earlier that decade in nineteen sixty two like the U.S. and the USSR had signed an agreement pretty much for the U.N. saying that any type of like spacecraft that it kind of came crashing down from either country, if it was recovered, it was supposed to be returned. Um, down spacecraft were supposed to be returned to the country of origin. So they didn't want, you know, if they, if it was a, an, a space satellite or, or space probe, they definitely didn't want to tell the Russians about it because they wanted to reverse engineer whatever that they had. Yeah, so they wanted to get it out of there quick before anyone could identify it because then if it was identified, because Russia, no, like, no country is going to be like, oh, yeah, our thing fucked up. They're going to be like, no, it worked fine. It's off to Venus. Um, however, in, in a 1991 report, U.S. Space Command concluded that the Cosmos 96 had crashed in Canada at 3.18 a.m. on December 9th, 1965, 13 hours before the fireball. Thought to be the Kecksburg object undergoing reentry was recorded at 4.45 p.m. Uh, in addition, in a 2003 interview, chief scientist for orbital debris at the NASA Johnson Space Center, Nicholas L. Johnson, stated, I can tell you categorically that there is no way that any debris from the Cosmos 96 could have landed in Pennsylvania anywhere around 4.45 p.m. That's an absolute. Orbital mechanics are very strict. Hmm. There you go. So this seemingly takes out <clears throat> Cosmos 96. Fuck off, Cosmos. You're out. Fuck mm -hmm. off, Cosmos. You're out. So, we're back into, uh, what else could it be, Dan? Um, one of the other things that it was thought to be was, well, it could have very well been an alien spacecraft. I mean, that's one of the, the, the prevailing theories. Now, this is a weird one because um, actually in the 1990s, they had two... Two unnamed or anonymous sources come forward. Um, these two individuals, which went by the names of Myron and J.S., were were individuals that they said they worked for a brick manufacturing company in Ohio. Now, they stated that they delivered 
uh, a a load of bricks to one of the nearby Air Force bases. Um, uh, this was, a, I believe, it was it was Wright Patterson Air Force. Yeah, they were delivering the bricks to Wright Patterson Air Force Base, uh, where the allegedly they took this object. Uh, the military had loaded it up on a truck. They had taken it well first to Lockburn Air Force Base near Columbus, Ohio, where it temporarily stopped off, and then from Lockburn they took it to Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. Now, Myron and J.S. were said they were both working for a brick manufacturing company at that time. And when they were delivering a large load of bricks, they came across this large bell-shaped object setting in a low boy trailer in a, in a, lar- in a large hangar um, where they were taking the bricks. Now, they, they saw this object inside the building, and Myron uh, said that he spoke to one of the workers leaving the building and asked him what they were working on. And for some reason, this guy felt obliged to tell them that they were having trouble cutting a hole in this object. And there possibly was radiation present inside the building. So they said that this was um, this is why they were bringing the special bricks. These bricks apparently were designed so they could build a, uh, a a building around the around the object to keep the radiation contained. Now, apparently, there was mentioned that the craft might even contain bodies, and they were said that. Um, Apparently, they may have retrieved at least one body, and it was partially visible. And they were saying that the nature of the body was some of it was had features that were commonly associated with extraterrestrial aliens. And I don't know how far you can take that stuff, but you know, if you're just having anonymous sources, so I'll tell you yeah. what, it had three fingers, and it was scaly like a reptilian. Mm-hmm. That's what some people say. I don't so know. That's, I, I don't know who said it, but of read it everywhere. Theories. Um, okay, and the, we we can't. So now let's let let's go with that for a bit. So obviously, people call this like, um, is it Pennsylvania Roswell? What do they call? I can't remember. Yeah, what Pennsylvania's picture. Roswell. Pennsylvania's Roswell. Now, the interesting thing is, so we have the military, we have like credible sources saying that they saw shit. Um, uh, the firefighter. Romanansky, um, tons of eyewitness accounts. Military comes in, seals everything off. Super mysterious. Getting radiation readings in the woods. Uh, they seal it off, tell everyone to scram, load something up on a flatbed truck, escort it out of there, search a little longer and say nothing's happened. Um, we can't, so obviously they're like in my, in, you know, they're hiding something or hiding what they found. Um, um, some say cover it up. So we can't we can't not talk about John Murphy in this. Oh, definitely not. You can't talk about this thing without talking about John Murphy. Because this is an interesting kind of twist to this. So John Murphy was a reporter and a news director for the local radio station. Um, I don't know what it is. Let's call it W H J B. I was going to say just uh, power one for it, but okay, W H W H J B. The rocket. And, uh, <laughs> the rocket. Um, so he he arrived at the scene um, before authorities um, in response to a bunch of citizens uh, sounding the alarms and whatnot. Uh, he took several photographs and conducted interviews with witnesses. Um, 
it basically documented everything of that night. Now, his former wife later reported that all but one roll of film were confiscated by the military personnel when they showed up. So he was taking pictures, taking interviews, recording people. Military shows up. They're like, hey, give us everything. You, you can't have any of this. Yeah, he had, already, he had worked for like several weeks interviewing witnesses and he was actually preparing a documentary. No, no. So he this uh, what, I, what I read is he had stuff taken from him then. And he was like, okay, well, I saw something. So the military, what I had read is that they had taken stuff from him right then and there. And he was like, well, I'd seen something. So he started, um, he had kept a roll of film and he was putting together uh, the interviews and stuff that he had with people. Oh, right, right. And then, so the military came in. They're like, hey, we found nothing, but you can't have any of that footage or any of the pictures you took. We're taking it. So he, he's, he's now intrigued because he's like, I fucking saw something. There was something there. Like, everyone's accounts. Like, there, this is not nothing. It's something. Uh, so he starts putting together this documentary, and he's going to call it uh, uh, Object in the Woods, and it's going to feature his experiences and the interviews that he conducted that night. Um, the WHJB office manager, Mabel Mazza described, uh, the pictures that he had from the last roll of, uh, film. And he said it was very dark. There was a lot of trees and everything. And I don't know how far away the site was, but I did see a picture of a cone like thing. It's the only time I ever saw it. So he, he's putting together this interview this uh, documentary called Object in the Woods, He's this has engulfed his life. Um, shortly before the documentary was supposed to air, um, two men in black, two men, yeah, in black suits, identifying themselves as government officials, uh, requested to speak with him alone behind closed doors. Uh, they talked for him for about 30 minutes, and a WHJB employee, Linda Osha, uh, said the men confiscated some of Murphy's audio tapes and uh, and that no one knows what happens to those remaining photographs. Um, Murphy Murphy ended up airing a censored version of the documentary um, that he claimed in the introduction, and it had to be censored because most of the interviewers, interviewees uh, requested their statements be removed because they were... Uh, in fear of getting in trouble with the police or the army. So it sounds like to me, uh, most of the people that talked on this were given a little bit of a shakedown. So the version that he released essentially contained nothing. It was boring. Uh, and no one gave a shit about it. Um, and Murphy's wife said the documentary that air, she had seen the original and it was completely entirely different from the one he had originally written. Hmm. Um, so after airing, like he was, uh, very like upset and this, it, it, he had spent so much time on this. He completely stopped all investigation of the case and he refused. If anyone ever brought it up, he refused to talk about it. And when people were like, well, why don't you want to talk about this? He would, he said like, he wouldn't tell them. He'd never give them a reason why he didn't want to talk about it. Uh, it just, he was just frustrated and he just, he wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, in February, 1969, um, Murphy was struck and killed by an unidentified car while on vacation in Ventura, California in an apparent hit and run while crossing a road. Um, the person or car has 
never been found. No one knows who killed him. It's still an unsolved case. So this guy with all this information and 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 had studied this, he essentially just dies. And anything that he knew, that's uh, one loose end cut short. Wait, how? When did he die? What year? 1969. So four, uh, four or five four years. years after. Right. So he was getting. He was on. He was on the, tra- the trail. He was on the trail. He was working on it, and then he was told to stop. So what I this is this is my theory. My theory is that he was shooken down. They're like, listen, you can't talk about what you said. Like, you, you it's going to be bad for you. Just stop. And he secretly kept investigating it and and checking leads. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was um, he was he was taken out as a as a hit to keep uh, keep what he knew a secret. He was silenced. Yeah, he was silenced. Yeah, tie everything up in a nice, neat little package. Like nineteen sixty nine. Hit and run, unsolved. Like just in Ventura, California. I don't know how big Ventura, California is, but imagine it's um, quite a few people. Well, that's that's part of like is that part of LA County? Oh uh, yeah, it's got a it's a hundred thousand people. It's a pretty big city. But you know what I mean? Like like Ryan, you live in a Zell. You live in a city of just over a hundred thousand people. During the day, someone walking down, see a tourist. They're probably in a more touristy area. Car drives, crosses the, like crosses the crosswalk, clips him, kills him. Well, it depends. It depends when where he like was he struck like right downtown or was it? There's not even a fucking descri- description of the car that hit him. It's unknown. Unknown the car that hit him. It, they just say a parent hit and run because of his injuries. Oh, so no one actually, no witnesses no one, have actually seen it. There's no witnesses to anything. So he could have, uh, well, so he, he could have, he could have been, been dumped there. Yeah, exactly. He could have been beaten to death with like, or whatever. And then just dumped on the sidewalk and someone finds him and like, oh, this guy must've been hit by a car. He's dead. Yeah. Way too weird. Super weird. Yeah. So what else we got about uh, the old Kecksburg? Well, one of the theories, just like similar to Roswell, it was actually a U.S. military vehicle that came down, and that's why the immediate military um, response. And what they think it was, it was a General Electric Mark II reentry vehicle that had been launched by the Air Force as a spy satellite but fell out of orbit and crashed there. It was supposed to be a spy. I, I have a hard time with that because <clears throat> I think if it was a military vehicle, they would have been on it way faster than they were. Well, they were there within an hour. Like, it's fucking pretty good. Yeah, I guess so. But but that that's... You know what I mean? Like, people would have been monitoring it. You would have known it was in trouble. You're telling me the closest, like, military... You could get military personnel out there was an... It took well, I'm an sure hour. they were on standby. Yeah, I'm sure they were, like, on standby. They weren't sure exactly where it was going to land. But they would have had... I mean, you can't just put them near where you think they're going to land. They probably would have just put it, they would have had them on the base from the nearest base. Well, just on, like, just like our friends in the Chinese space agency, they didn't really know where that thing was coming down. Yeah. They had, they probably had a guess. They're like, well, it's going to be around like the Great Lakes somewhere. So like our, whatever our closest base is, stand by, like it's coming down around this time. Yeah. But so that's one, that's one of the theories and it didn't, it came out like 40 years later. That's one of the theories this guy 
Uh, these people have been like investigating it, and that's they're trying to type they type the loose ends is what they're trying to do. So it was like John Venture was like part or, or Ventura, John Ventra. He was the director for a, a, a MUFON network around that area, and he was part of this case with Owen Eichler, who like had spent he's been spent decades researching this, and they came up with it in like February February 2015. So it's like a pretty new thing, and they think that it was this General Electric Mark II reentry vehicle, which was some advanced spy satellite at the time in the Cold War. So that would explain some stuff, but I don't know. It still doesn't... To me, the the one blaring one with that is if it's some sort of... Like, it didn't have... No one describes it as having rivets. No one... Everyone, like... They describe it as like so smooth with the hieroglyphics, right? Right. Like if, uh, satellites and stuff that time, like if you would have saw one that came down, you'd be able to see like, like, oh, this, like it was this, all in one piece, you know? There would be no crashed. question in my mind. You know what I mean? If I saw a rivet, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, this is man-made. Yeah. Like, here's a little debunking. Like, here's debunking of it Just the way like all this stuff like satellites and stuff are, are designed, they're not exactly like aerodynamic. You no. know, they're not, they 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 don't look perfectly smooth. It's like if it's a satellite or something, it's just like a big, freaking square box. Well, and they're not strong. The Satellites are not built strong. Like if it if it burns up on the atmosphere and then hits the ground, it's not coming away in one big acorn shaped ten to twelve foot piece. Yeah, it's, it's coming away in like a thousand pieces. Right. I mean, most of these things like are just if they do break out of their orbit, they're made to be. You know, they'll burn up in the atmosphere and won't be smashing down into some neighborhood. Yeah. So that's like the really only other theory that's been proposed of what it could be besides like the the prevailing theory is a meteorite, but it changed directions and it was not going nearly fast enough. So I don't know. I'm on, I'm still on board fucking UFO, man. I, I 100% think a UFO. Something came down. Something not of like... Earth military capability came down. Fully intact. Well, I don't know if it was fully intact, but a big piece of it was intact, 10 to 12 feet, shaped like an acorn. Mm-hmm. Changed directions on the way down. Military's there within an hour. It was gone by 8 o'clock well, that night. there is one more theory. I didn't want to bring this one out because I know we can do a full episode on this one later. Bring it out. I mean, there is one more theory that this yeah. thing, this... A large acorn thing had a similar structure into what some people call the Nazi bell Mm. or (gasps) Diglaka. 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 Now, if you don't know what the Nazi bell is or what is known as Diglaka, which just means bell in German, um, this was a supposed Nazi super weapon. So if you want to see photos of it or what are alleged photos of it, hashtag look it up. But we'll probably do an episode about this, the whole thing later. Just the Nazis in general, yeah. Yeah, but Nazi super weapons in general. But this one was um, supposed to have been some sort of device that was able to affect space-time fabric, allowing the Nazis or the controllers to be able to alter the flow of time. And it was supposedly powered by some sort of purple-colored radioactive liquid, or some, if you ask some people, was what they called red mercury, um, which were all contained in these rapidly rotating cylinders and they would create some sort of you know space time field or something when you spun them at a a certain 
in a certain frequency or, or something like that, how it worked. Um, so some people are saying that maybe this was, maybe the U.S. was testing out a version of this, or perhaps it was the the original Bell, and it somehow jumped forward in time to this to nineteen <laughs> to the nineteen sixties. Um, we're not really sure. Some people draw that, you know, some people draw that connection because um, of the similar structure, and I'm not I'm not ruling it out. It'd be neat if it was. Um, but, you know, even, you know, that could be something that it was, you know, if you saw maybe German writing or something like that, stylized writing, you could have thought it was hieroglyphics, maybe, writing? Maybe. To me, the, the like, the hard thing is the writing and the sheer metal don't go hand in hand. Yeah. If it's, if it's sheer metal, but man-made, you would think it was because it got hot, it, like, melted all together... But it would, if that's the theory, then it surely would have destroyed any, you know, even if something was etched into the metal. I mean, it would have to be pretty big or pretty solid to, like, draw, like, a huge furrow in the ground, like, coming down like that. The What they said was how it plowed in the ground. Yeah. Because really, if it were a satellite, I think most of it would have burnt up and you wouldn't have really had, like, a, a, a smooth, you know, perfectly smooth object at the end you'd have something that just looked like a bunch of like jagged pieces of metal all burnt and melted together yeah hmm yeah it just uh doesn't, so, I mean, it doesn't add up with UFO <laughs> UFO I, fucking I, aliens I think between like the military coming shipping something out saying it's nothing confiscating pictures uh, you know what I mean? Going, this guy's making a documentary. Them going and like, essentially like bullying, bullying him and like pressuring him to not do anything. Um, I I think UFO, hundred percent. Okay, so now say it's a UFO. They the witnesses said there was no way, or didn't appear to be like a way into the craft. So now is this like a UFO drone? Or what, what What? would it be? Well, some of the reports with the bodies and stuff, I, I imagine it was, it'd be a probe. It'd be a probe sent from somewhere else. It, it was just going to, you know, kind of like we probe areas and hit the atmosphere, wasn't expecting, you know, whatever the... They fucked up. Yeah. Down she went. Didn't account for, some sort of math was wrong determining our atmosphere right and it burned off some maybe a sheared off a piece when it was entering that like i don't know and just fucked it up so then it was it just crash crash landed yeah like you always hear the argument like oh if aliens were so advanced like their spaceships would never crash you're like well it's still it's still technology i'm sure they still have malfunctions and even if they i mean it might not have been appropriate could have been a manned vehicle but just like you I would assume they'd have ways to like seal their crafts that were just they don't yeah that don't look like they don't need hinges or things like that it could be something else some other you know they could just make the door appear or, or like their technology is the point you know it, it's the door just seals door. itself pretty much so you can't even tell yeah, it's there you know yeah yeah so this thing was like I guess like the size of like a small car 10 to 12 feet long 
So you could, I guess, if you had like a, some type of hidden door, have one or two people in there or entities. And then you do read the reports that went went back to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and bodies were recovered. But they're pretty they're pretty thin on that side of it. But I'm not not ruling not ruling it out. That's for sure. It really it can't be a meter meteor. It seems impossible. Yeah, with the direction changes, I mean, just the direction changes alone, kind of for me, just rules out and the speed meteor. and the speed, man. <laughs> Yeah, and the speed, and it was really slow. Like, a 1,000 miles per hour is like, that's not that much, I don't think. I mean, it's fast, but it's not. That's what, that's what Mach meteor one and a half or something? Uh, Mach 2? Yeah, what's Mach? It's 750, 700 something miles per hour. So, Mach, yeah, Mach one and a half. Yeah, just about. Something like that. So, yeah. it's like not, not out of the range of human capabilities. So, it's not that, it's not that fast, really. Yeah. I don't know. Anything Anything else on uh, what it could be? Any other strange facts that we didn't bring up yet? Mm, I don't have anything else on... I think we did it. I think we did a pretty good... Uh, pretty went through all, pretty, all the main, pretty, all the the main information theories. that they do have is pretty much what we got. Yeah, it's like one of those things that happened so long ago was before the information age. So like a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. like came out years and years after and people try and piece it together and then the story's just full of holes. I don't know. It is strange that for 50 years it was just ruled that it was just a meteorite. You're like, huh? Well, seems uh, seems fishy. Yeah. People, I mean, just a lot of people saw something, and I don't think a lot of them believe that it was a UFO. And there's just too much weird. Like, you have people walking around trying to suppress information. You got government agents going around and trying to change the story. So, it, it I mean, it's. The, I would want to say that it's definitely a cover-up of what it is. Not 100% sure. But I think there was definitely a cover-up about what it was. Oh, Because yeah, you, you, you don't have the military rushing out there to go pick up a meteor. Like, you don't. That doesn't no. happen. No, you don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, the only two things are it, it for me, well, it, it doesn't make sense. The easiest answer for me is to go to it was it was UFO, not necessarily aliens, but it was it was something extraterrestrial. Yep, because it, it hits all my points. That the other things just don't add up. Like there's like satellite. I'm like okay, yes, but you know the satellites are actually smaller than what was said. They're not smooth. They don't travel like that through the sky. It's, in, would, it's an intact. It, it's an intact would, piece. It just doesn't make sense it can't, it can't be one if it's a satellite it can't be in like one solid piece that they can lift out on a deck and take out no they're picking they're picking through it with garbage pickers and fucking hands and knees getting all the pieces because it's been fucking annihilated yeah there was nothing else like you think people would be like oh like i found this piece and i found this piece but like they're like no there there, there wasn't like people don't really have like a collection of like oh this is a piece of metal from that that day yeah, yeah. No one has anything. Hmm. Well, if Mister Conspiracy was here, he'd say Kecksburg incident still unsolved. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag look it up. It's fucking cool. That's one. It's a cool one. It's one of the cooler UFO stories I've we've looked into recently. Yeah, definitely neat. Just the fact that there's so many people that saw it, saw something, saw something for sure. 
Cool. Yep. So what else we got? Moving on. What else do we got? I got a couple of things in the news here. Alien theorist news. Let's hear it. For all the people on Android phones. Google Podcasts <laughs> is now a thing. The rival app to po- to Apple Podcasts, Google has put out their own app. So if you're sick of using a third-party app that doesn't... That Welcome to the game, Google. Google. <laughs> Ten years late, but they're in. But that for podcasters, that, that's a big deal because it's going to open up like a huge por- portion of the market. Because that app, that Google app's going to be installed on all new Android phones. It's going to be awesome. So the people who don't have never heard about podcasts will see the app and it'll like it'll kind of snowball like it did for Apple, right? So it's, yeah. Apple is seventy percent of the podcast market right now. So I think there's room for like there's probably hundreds of millions of more people that are going to come on the market now with this Google podcast for sure, which is pretty sweet. Um, also, alien theorist theorizing is now on Spotify. Damn, we made it. God damn, it took like two and a half months to get on there. They don't fuck around with what podcast they, they choose. So we made it. So you can we su- made it. You can search we actually, on your... We're done. Uh, we made it. We peaked. We peaked. We peaked. Spotify's the... That's the top. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> it's the tippy top. <laughs> now, so lots of different lis- listening options for alien theorists now. Braden, what do you got? Uh, I got some some new reviews. Let's do it. Ready for this? Ready for new reviews? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let me me prepare my fragile ego. They're all good reviews. Oh, yay. Um, This is from JC104 from Canada on June 18th. Awesome podcast. Five stars. <clears throat> this podcast has everything I love. Aliens, ghosts, conspiracies, with lots of bantering and sarcasm to keep you engaged in laughing. Keep it up, boys. Fuck yeah. I'm really good with sarcasm. <laughs> what? Are you being sarcastic? Uh <laughs> This is a five-star review from definitely not a crazy person from the U.S. of A. Perfect and oddly addictive. Eight five, eight out of five, eight out of five. <laughs> Educational and highly scientific podcast. <laughs> well, that's a bold-faced lie. <laughs> <laughs> but now I can't pronounce "sorry" correctly. Netflix won't respond to my demands for an ATT and Trailer Park Boys crossover. But that's just <laughs> how she goes. That would be dope. <laughs> that'd be oh, that's when we've made it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be hilarious. You know what? We should message. What's that actor's name who plays Ricky? We should message him and be like, hey, we talked about like space and shit. Like, can you come on our podcast as Ricky one time? Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, you know what? I bet you we could get him. I, you know what? I think so too. He's a pretty easy. Those guys are like so guy. proudly Canadian too. Yeah. We'll, we'll just tell him like, hey man, we're the Trailer Park Boys of the conspiracy world. You gotta come on. Yeah. You gotta come on. We we need Ricky. If you can, if you can get the other guys, sweet. But like having Ricky come on and and do some Rickyisms would be spit a funny. bunch of Rickyisms would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, I got some, I got some reviews on. Oh, here's another piece of news. 
for all the people who couldn't review on all their podcast apps because you didn't have an Apple app, you can now review on Facebook if you want to get your review, review read. So I'm going to read uh, one off, uh, off the old book here from Brady Barrow. Hilarious podcast covering a wide variety of very interesting topics in a very laid-back setting, which still informs the listener of the topic. Skip Mr. Conspiracy's Power Hours. Those disinform the listener. Well, <laughs> most of them. Well, I think they all do a little bit. But... Most of them do, but some of them are good. Other than that, knock out 10-star show. Live long and prolapse and keep that eye in the sky. <laughs> awesome. Um... Hey, we got a prolapse of the week. You got another review? I'll do a, I'll do a quick review here on Facebook. Really short one. Justin Rivera. Fucking brilliant. That's it. <laughs> what else needs to be said? <laughs> Zell's prolapse <laughs> of the week. Dun, 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 dun. This girl. Who got it? Who done it? Madeline it? Sit. <laughs> Sit with two T's. She has been. Uh, she's a new uh, new listener, and she's been messaging me a couple times on Facebook here, and she loves the podcast. So, Madeline, sit. Well, we'll give it to you and your sister, but you didn't tell your sister's name. You guys listen all the time. Thank you very much. Huzzah! Dope, 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 dope. Uh, anything else? Anything else for? Well, um, what I'm gonna do? I'm not gonna read Patreon today, but on number seventy, I'm gonna read all the Patreons, every single one of you motherfuckers. Page. But today, so get your name in there before episode 70. Number 70. What's your name? You're all getting another shout out. And that's all I got. Oh, no. Uh, I got one more thing. This is so anticlimactic. But <laughs> I got like 10 more things. All right. Let's, let's <laughs> no. If you, like, if you like rock and roll, look up, look up my band, Lucky Monkey, on all your streaming services. Push play and then repeat all day for two weeks. That'd be sweet. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Um, also, if you like music and you want to come to a music festival, uh, you can come to a music festival with me and Zell. Uh, we're going to Grizzfest in August. It's way up in Tumblr Ridge. Uh, Zell's band Lucky Monkey will be playing, uh, in the Battle of the Bands on the Friday, looking to play a spot on Sunday. Um, I can't really remember who's playing the festival. We're just going for fun. It's I'll tell you, time. it's fucking Monster Truck. And the, la- truck. the Lazies from Australia. Tell me how to live. I don't really know. Sweet Mountain River, man. Yeah, fucking great great tunes. And I think like Be- Bedouin Sound Clash is playing and like fucking Brett Michaels or something too. I fucking love Bedouin Sound Clash. Brett Michaels. Every rose has its thorn. Nice. Just like every night has its dawn. <laughs> Just like Braden will not be singing boy. at... Sings a sad, sad song. Every rose has its own. I hope he leaves the stage right after. Just one song he's out, or one chorus. Yeah, yeah one chorus, and then he's done. Because I'll be crying. All right. We're, um, we're, anyways, aliantheorist.com to find aliantheorist.com. You know where to find your boys now. That's it. You're this far. You know where to find us. Uh, as we always say, keep those eyes. In the skies.
after hours. Yeah. Yo, yo, got oh. some after hours coming mm, at you. Mm, 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 mm. That was it. You know what? I'll, I'll say we started just about on time. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. Pretty close. We probably podcasted for a nice clean hour. One clean. It was actually exact, almost exactly one hour. I felt we summarized everything neatly, nicely, presented all the facts that we have. That we have. Close to town. I think that may have been procedurally, at least, the best, the crispest podcast we've ever done. Yep. I think that took the less, it, least it, amount of prep time. It took the yeah, least, the least amount, amount of prep, of prep and it took the least amount of fucking segues and the least amount of bullshit to get through it. <laughs> no, we just talked. We just it was. It's an interesting one. We just talked this about it. Cool. We literally just talked about it for an hour. Just talked about the facts. Like I interesting. want. Like it's. Uh, it'd be cool to find. Like get one of those people on who's been researching it for a long time and really. Uh...